Welcome to another episode of You I Do. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. And we have two very wonderful special guests with us tonight to talk about all the things you need to know and look for when you're trying to find your wedding planner or coordinator, but let's say planner. Yes, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, ma'am. Damn <laughs> 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 yeah, it, I'm messing up. Okay. My name is Michelle Martinez of the Big Wedding Planning Podcast and Allure Wedding Consulting and Event Planning. Ooh. And I'm Christy Matthews, co-host of the Big Wedding Planning Podcast, and I have a company called Christy Matthews Events. We are so excited to talk to you too. I mean, by the time this airs, our episode on y'all show would have been out for about two, three weeks. I'm not good with time right yeah. now yeah. in this year. Yeah, nobody yeah. is. Yeah. I, I can't tell what happened in April or October. Like everything is just, there is no such thing as time in this year. But hopefully by the time this airs in 2021, we will know what dates are and <laughs> what time is like and <laughs> life will start to be, become normal again. But anyway, thank you ladies for coming on the show and chatting with us tonight. We are super excited to talk about this very big topic, I think. I mean, like your wedding know, planner, yeah. in my opinion, is like kind of that first vendor you need of all vendors. The MVP. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's the most important. And thank you both for having us on your lovely podcast. We're excited. <laughs> We're so happy to be here. We love being guests on other podcasts because it feels like we're in the front seat, but not driving. And sometimes that's what you want. Definitely. Yes. So before we play this or that, let's just kind of get to know you guys a little bit more. I mean, we obviously are listeners of the podcast and I know I've been listening to you guys for years, but maybe some of our listeners don't know. So can you just tell us like how long y'all have been in the industry? How did you get in the industry? How did y'all start the podcast? Just, you know, no big, heavy questions, but. I mean, our history together is that I started working for Michelle when we both lived in the Bay Area about 13 years ago. Wait, wait, that's eight. Yes, 13. (laughs) Because we know from how old her, because she was pregnant when we met and now her son is 13. So she was an established wedding planner, kind of a one woman show with her company. And I happened to stumble upon and this was the day where you actually sent actual resumes to someone in the mail and I was looking to break into event planning in some form or fashion but I didn't know what that would look like and long story short started working as like a an intern I was her assistant she was mentoring me and then it rolled into like if you're really serious about wedding planning you need to get your certification which would be like on top of just like the bachelors that I had. I was 25 at that point. So I started to learn the ropes about what it would be like to own my own company and, you know, be the client facing planner by working for Michelle and watching her do it and going with her to weddings and assisting. And then under her tutelage got trained (laughs) and I got certified at that time. And then, you know, we started working together in a different capacity once life kind of separated us and, you know, 
you might move across the country. You don't know. You don't know if that's going to happen or not. And it did. So yeah, that was the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, wait, how many years did we work together actually? Like until you moved to Boston. So like, so like three, seven years, five, Cassandra- see again with time. Cause Santi was seven when we moved to Boston. My son, I, again, we gauged by my son because I was really pregnant with him when we met. <laughs> uh, and she literally would carry him around for me the house while I was like talking to brides and grooms and vendors. <laughs> um, she saw my breasts many times. <laughs> Not just for fun, but rather to feed my child. Um, The podcast we started in 2016, um, Christy and I, at that point, were living in other states. I was living in Boston, Massachusetts. She was living in the Fort Worth area in Texas. And we kept in touch, but she had her own wedding planning business. um, And I still had mine, although I I had, you know, kind of cooled it off for a little while, taking on very little weddings because I was like full-time mama. But I was just like, man, I've been, I've been doing weddings so long and I just love to talk. And what could I do? She was antsy. I was antsy. Yeah. I was living there. Like what, what am I doing? Or am I going to continue this or totally shift gears? Like I need something more. And then what Mm -hmm. did that look like? Mm. Yeah. So there was all these crazy big ideas and that's what you know, happens with us. We talked about this when you all were on our show mm-hmm. that like, I'm the one who's like, Oh, let's do this. What about this? Let's do this. And she's always like, calm down. No. Or <laughs> let me think about it. It's terrible. It makes me sound so pessimistic, but it's more of a detail orientation and to, you know, to wrap my brain around what something is going to entail. And what we have in common is that neither one of us is going to do something half fast you know if you say you're going to do it it's it's all in even if you're Mm. pulling your hair out at midnight like why did I why why are we doing this but it was I wasn't going to say yes until I knew and and she didn't podcast was like one of 10 things on this list Mm -hmm. so when it came down to like oh are we doing a podcast that was because many other things had been like that's not we can't do that (laughs) but still with podcasts this was four or five years ago, what the hell did anybody know about podcasts? Like there was like four (laughs) and they were like comedy or news, you know, they weren't what they are now. And Michelle had to do a ton of legwork to figure out like, what is this going to look like? Platforms, hosting, ads, costs, microphones, (laughs) tech, editing, you know, all of that. I was like, I can't, I I don't think I can do that. So I told her like, just don't worry. I'll, I'll watch videos. I'll do, I did YouTube, lynda.com. I listened to a podcast about starting a podcast. I did all of it. And then, uh, yeah, we just, we did it. And it's been like crazy fun ever since. I, just to be clear, I'm not the one pulling out my hair at midnight. (laughs) I don't do that. But sometimes I do hyperventilate a little bit. Uh, but yeah, no, it's awesome. I, I really love doing it. Like, it's like, I feel for both of us, it's a, it's a very natural thing because Christy has like a for- formal training in, in theater and acting. Um, not that we act. I mean, we're ourselves. And mm-hmm. then I used to perform also. And we both know how to get up in front of whether it's 
10 people or 300 people and be like, hey, look at me. We need to do this right now. So I just feel like we can both talk about weddings forever. We didn't realize we'd talk about it this long, but we still have so much more to say. So yeah, yeah. that goes to your intro with wedding planners. The element of wedding planning in a wedding is there no matter what, whether you hire a professional or not. And we are professionals. This is what we do. So how much can we talk about it? Oh, it turns out four years worth every Wednesday, (laughs) never missing a Wednesday. It's crazy how much there is to talk about. So that, you know, goes to the argument that a wedding planner might just be the pivotal part of your vendor team that maybe you haven't given much thought to. And to hire or not to hire should be a thoughtful decision because there is a million things that we do. Yeah. So finding the right person and exactly what you want out of a planner are some pretty big decisions to make. Yeah. I can't imagine planning even just the small elopement that I had at the house two months ago without any help. Like there was so much. And I mean, granted, it was what just two of us in an officiant outside of like the three vendors that were also there. But I could not have imagined like even putting that together. So when I see that there are ladies out here that are trying to put together 200 guest weddings by themselves, or even having a coordinator coming in with the last six weeks or a month, like how and work a full-time job, like, I can't. I can't imagine it. I wouldn't want to do it. I didn't. I'm not going yeah. to. I mean, yeah. I know when Tania gets to that point, we've already been like, look, no. Yeah. I've helped <laughs> you out. have a full job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've helped out two of my cousins with their wedding. And I was like, yeah, when it's my turn, um, I'm hiring somebody because I, I go crazy, especially working full time. And- right as you said, like there's a lot that goes into a wedding and there's, you know, so many hats that one has to, I guess like juggle. So yeah, Yeah. definitely like y'all are the MVPs basically. (laughs) As I said before, y'all the MVPs. (laughs) Yeah. Cause there's so much you just don't know until you get engaged and then you start trying to plan your own. And then just imagine like really trying to research all of these things and Mm -hmm. putting together a timeline and having thousands of spreadsheets and no, like, (laughs) and every wedding wedding is, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Oh gosh. Yeah. No. So (laughs) that is, I'm going to quit. That's it. Forget (laughs) it. I'm like just stressed out thinking about literally like being someone that's like, no, I'm, I'm going to do this myself. I have it. Oh, why? Why? Like if anything, I understand people want to save money. And that to me is probably the biggest reason why people forego, you know, but at the same time, like, just don't do it. Just don't like splurge a little bit, get, get you someone to help you out and, and don't let it be a family member. That's my personal opinion. But anyway, just end up putting myself under this desk, just cringing <laughs> and thinking of all those uh, people out there planning their own weddings without a clue. We're going to play a fun game of this or that. So it's what we do every week. You choose between this option or that, and you say why. So what we're going to do is start off with you, Christy, and then Michelle, you'll answer, and then Tania, and then we'll circle back around. So don't forget to 
give us your reason why you choose to answer. So for the first round, something very simple, an afternoon wedding or an evening wedding? I'm first. Yeah. I love games. I choose <laughs> evening wedding. And I think it's, and my main reason for that is because people act accordingly with time and the setting of the sun and it just gets a little looser and more fun and there's more drinks flowing and people are having a better time in my experience and opinion once the sun goes down there's just something psychological to it okay mm. i agree <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. Uh, that's interesting that that you use that scenario of the sun going down. You know, I, I think there is something to that. Although once drinks flow, kind of most people get a little bit looser. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I prefer an evening wedding because I re I really love planning my timeline around sunset. Like, that's my point where I go, okay, this all happens before, this happens during, this happens after. So mm. it's, it, it, for me, I like, I like evening weddings too. Okay. But I've done them all, or both, rather. I'm going to say the same thing. There's something about, like, the evening. I feel like it's magical. Magic happens, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to go with the evening wedding. Daytime okay. is just like... Hmm, we should be having brunch right now. You know, like we should, you know, <laughs> like you can't get loose during the daytime, you know? <laughs> that's true. I've definitely gone to like a wedding that started at like, say, 1 p.m. or something. So it kind of felt weird because, yeah. and also that venue kind of churned out multiple weddings. So mm. we went and let's see. I think they had four hours cer ceremony and reception. So as the reception was winding up, you saw like the next round of women coming in and that just like, oh, oh my gosh, I can't imagine like one booking a venue that would allow multiple weddings on the same day. But also you don't have that issue when you are the late wedding, because even if someone is there beforehand, that doesn't really bother you as much or it shouldn't yeah. if everyone has everything out. But anyway, saying all that to say, yes, evening weddings all the way. Okay. So next round, this is more of kind of vendor side of mind. Would you prefer to have in, let's say we're about, hmm, somewhere between three to six months out from the wedding. So having monthly check-ins by email or weekly phone calls. Oh God, as a planner with my clients, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to say weekly phone calls at that point. Uh, and only because never ever in my experience does an email, is an email just like one or two well-organized, well-put-together emails. <laughs> it's always like 30 emails about 30 separate things. Right. So if I am full planning or I'm in that direct of communication with my clients that I'm going to be talking to them one way or the other, I would probably schedule, I'd probably schedule bi-weekly. But if the decision is really between phone or email, I would say phone. There's so much email, of course, mm -hmm. but just for that, like, hey, very important that we talk about these things. I would want to do that on the phone. Okay. So that doesn't work for me. Uh, okay. I do, once all the vendors are hired, like once that's all done, 
and we're three to six months out, I'm doing like a check-in with my clients about every three weeks. And we're usually lately since the pandemic, this is one thing that a positive I've taken away is we do a zoom call and I record it and I keep that in their folder in my Dropbox. So every meeting, every three week check-in we have, whether it's five minutes or it's an hour, I record it that way. If there's any notes I need to look back on, or if they said, I said, he said, or whatever it is, like we've got it recorded. So I try to keep in touch every three weeks with my clients at that point until we get much closer to the wedding. And then we're usually texting each other back and forth every day, but yeah, every three weeks we do a Zoom check-in. I like Good that. answer. Thank That's you. A good answer. Tania, what so, would you prefer? Um, I mean, if we were that close, know. yeah, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I was I like. That. I don't know if I would like <laughs> weekly phone call- calls. I mean, like if I need to get in touch with my planner, then I mean, yeah, I would. But then texting is so much easier. But I guess I would go with the weekly option if we were that close. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to pick between the two as is, I would go with the weekly phone calls because even if there's nothing that has really changed, that's fine. But maybe my email or your email to me got lost in you sent it last month. And I'm trying to like recall the email from last month, but maybe there was another email sent in between there and I wasn't expecting it. I don't know. Like the weekly phone call seems to keep me together a little more. All right. Two more. So selecting vendors based off the planner's recommendation or selecting your vendors based off of word of mouth. So like a friend told you about someone or, you know, that kind of word of mouth. Yeah. As a planner, it's, we would definitely say go with the planner's recommendations and keep in mind that at least if you have a good planner, 99% of those recommendations are going to serve you well, not only because they're professionals we're giving our stamp of approval but because if they're like my first recommendation it's because i know them well and we have a good working relationship there's like a shorthand look across the venue at your florist and like blink two times and she knows (laughs) what you mean is you know this is the chandelier to put the flowers at whatever it is like there is a communication quick Mm -hmm. you know quick speed, like I get it, she gets it, we all get it, I trust her or him. So that's a huge, huge incentive. Another one is a little bit of cost saving because our favorite vendors a lot of times throw some shit in for free, you know, Mm -hmm. little things that you wouldn't think about like an extension cord. So (laughs) it's just, that's 100% easy, easy answer on that one. That's so funny. I, I was just, when, as you said that about like, if you give a look to the florist, I was thinking about Anne and how like she'll walk to me and be like, do you want? And I'll be like, yeah, you know what I mean? I totally got it. Okay, thanks. Run. And I run to the next thing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's literally how we do it. Um, same with my rentals. For, like I, we're, I have that kind of like, they know my energy and I know theirs. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would definitely go with if you have found a planner that you trust, you have a good rapport with, go with the planner's recommendations. However, as a planner, I always tell my clients, like, I certainly have my vendor family that I love to work with and I know would do an amazing job for you. However, if there's someone you want me to look into on your behalf, I will 100% do it. 
because at the end of the day, it's their money. And, you know, so I'm yeah. always open to it. But I always think even when I do look into those people, they usually end up going with my peeps. Okay. So I think this is hard, but you all make really, really great points, you know. Um, and so I think I would also go with my wedding planners recommendation for the reasons that you have stated. Um, okay. But of course, I'm not there yet. So this is hard. This is hard, <laughs> you know, because I, I mean, because in my mind, because of the podcast, you know, like I kind of sort of know, you know, who to go to now. Um, but say if I wasn't on this podcast, then, you know, I would definitely listen to my planner. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think even with that, so I completely agree with both of you as well. I would go and I did go off my planner's recommendation or I would reach out to a particular vendor and say, Hey, do you know a blah, blah, blah. And then, yes, I know four, here you go. Check them out yourself. And so I think pretty much almost every vendor I have now, I think about it for my July renewal is based off the recommendation of another vendor. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, I mean, definitely helps because they already have a working relationship with each other. They know each other. So there's, you know, they know how the timelines work and they've gone through this before many times. So there's a level of comfort that you are fine with. And then also, like you said, um, there's that process of, you know, vetting, is this person professional? If, you know, like you can actually put your whole trust in the work they're going to provide the type of service they'll provide that I, and you know, when you're completely new to this and you have no idea who to pick or where to go, you would prefer to have the recommendations of someone professional, in my opinion, the professional side versus the, Oh girl, I love working with so-and-so and so, which is great to have that extra, like, you know, mm-hmm. my friend, you know, used her as the makeup artist and she was amazing. Or, you know, she was a great floral designer for this wedding, but she, you know, might put up great work or might know how to beat a face down, but she might suck with timelines or she might not, you know, she might've been like 30 minutes late, which, yeah. you know, the wedding day you can't have, especially, you know, certain vendors have to be there a certain time. Like that could screw up the whole like order thing. So I think having that professional sign off is way better than the homegirl recommendation. That being said, a recommendation is so much better than it's on top of the research you've already done with like reviews and their website and their portfolio. If you like all of that online and then your next door neighbor is like, we worked with them, we loved them, that can put you over the top. It's still better than just going off of what you find online alone so it's kind of a tiered system like do your research <laughs> online mm-hmm. see if you know any like personal recommendations come in and then top of that would be a professional another vendor or best a planner who can say and speak to like i know this person well and here's what i think love that little nugget of advice early <laughs> um, let me add one more thing to that if you yeah. don't mind just for, for listeners you might have a recommendation from a girlfriend who used that vendor and then you know bounce it off your planner she's never heard of her but 
one thing I will say about people who give recommendations after they've gotten married is they don't necessarily have someone else to compare that vendor to. They mm. might have loved that vendor because they had a good rapport with them or like they loved how she dressed or you know what I mean? Like whatever it mm -hmm. was doesn't always necessarily mean that vendor is the most professional or best at what he or she does. Um, not that they're wrong by recommending them and I'm sure they're great, but I'm just saying like they they don't if they haven't gotten married before or participated in planning a wedding before, they might not have somebody else to compare that vendor to. That is a very good point. Yeah. I didn't is. even think about that. Um, yeah. Okay. Last round. <laughs> <laughs> Last round. Last round. All right. So would you prefer that your client tells you thank you through a tip or through a gift? Tip. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 100% tip. And uh, if Michelle says different, it's only because she's gotten some extremely expensive gifts from people with extremely good taste. I've heard about some of your gifts. <laughs> I was going to say, it depends on what the gift is versus the tip. Although, I mean, money is money. And if yeah. it's a, if it's, this is the thing, if you only have $25 to tip somebody or $50, you know, getting them a nice gift is is a lovely gesture, especially if it's well thought out, mm -hmm. personalized. Um, when you receive, you know, you know, if you receive a gift, you're like, oh my god, she knows I love owls, and she bought that vintage owl on eBay, and like, I love it in my living room, and I'll look at it all the time because I'll always think of her, and she was one of my favorite clients. Like, that's a beautiful gift. If you don't have like a good amount of funds to give to somebody, but if you're gonna tip somebody five hundred bucks, mm, probably worth the money. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, because it's kind of hit or miss when you I mean, unless, you know, but I have gotten some pretty nice, some pretty nice gifts over the years and tips. So I don't know. It depends. I mean, it's not like there's a Starbucks gift card. Right. Enjoy $25. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is not bad because I yeah, love, yeah. you know, my soy latte. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a hard one because I've had some really, I've been very fortunate to have some really amazing clients. I guess they seek me out and I seek them out because like, we're like kind of on the same wavelength. You know what I mean? Like we're very mm -hmm. similar, but when I first started out, it wasn't like that either. Like I didn't know who I was as a planner and I was just like, sure, I'll take your business. Sure. So, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I don't know. I'm confusing things. Maybe tip just to be sure that it's going to okay. be worth it. Oh. basically if it's a good gift it's you know yeah but tip i mean you can't go wrong with money it's it's like christmas or birthdays or you know whatever holiday like you know you can get a gift card or you can you know spin the wheel and give a gift or you can just hand over this cash and they can do whatever they want with it and you know they're gonna like that because it's money mm. and everyone likes money mm-hmm yeah. All right, Tania, what would you do? So it all depends on if I have time, because I am a good gift giver. Mm -hmm. um, but if I don't have any time, then, of course, I'm going to just hand over cash, you know, because as you said, everyone loves cash. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I just have like, like, what's a good amount to give? 
like a I was wondering if you were going to ask that about yeah, like it the, is very yeah that's very important sliding scale <laughs> <laughs> like it's essentially for the most part for a planner it's per, I would say it's based on the percentage overall of what they are paying us which can range from 3500 for you know basic month of to mm-hmm. over 10000 for a full full planning mm-hmm. so that would be a very different tip if you're going to tip 10% or 15%. I've never gotten a cash tip for less than a hundred because I think from what Michelle said, if you're only going to tip your, you know, no matter what, however much you paid your planner, if you were only going to tip like 25 or 50, it would probably be in a gift form. Um, Cause usually it's like a thank you note with a couple hundred, 500 in it, but that's based on how much I've it sounds like a lot. I mean, I waited tables. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I sound like a, that sounds like, oh, I always get 500. But <laughs> I've been working with them for a year, you know, and right. yeah. the yeah. package is this much money. So what's another 500? Because I stayed probably an extra hour or two on the wedding day and, you know, was hopefully a really great wedding planner. Yeah. And also we never expect tips. And also you should absolutely not tip if you did not get great mm-hmm. service based on your contract above and beyond. Yeah. That's good information right there. Yeah. Don't feel like you have to. I've definitely done that. (laughs) Um, All right, guys. So we're going to move into, well, take a break really, really quickly for this ad. And then we're going to get into all these good, fun wedding planning questions. So we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. For those of you who have not checked us out on whoido.com, what are you waiting on? Go on over there and browse the site. We have incorporated the Who I Do shop where you can get t-shirts, stickers, mugs, and many other items. And by the way, we will be expanding the shop, so look out for that. If you are interested in being one of our featured guests, you can also find that information on there as well. Please continue to support our socials, and you might be seeing us on the big screen one day. You know, you never know. But as always, we love y'all and we wish you much love and success. All right. So we are here with the wonderful ladies of the Big Wedding Planning Podcast. And we are talking tonight or today when you're listening about finding, selecting your wedding planner. All the things you need to know, think, consider, because If you are just now starting this process, chances are you know nothing. Even if you've been a bridesmaid before or a maid of honor, you've had limited interactions with their planner or coordinator if they went the coordinator route. And even with that, there's still so much you just don't fully pay attention to, I think, in my opinion, until it's actually your wedding that needs to be planned. And we just don't want you to get caught up in like very pretty photos on Instagram and think that that person should be your wedding planner just because of that. Like there's so much more we want you to think and consider. So that's what we're going to do tonight. So Tania, take us away. All right. So first question, what does a wedding planner do? Everything. Um, <laughs> literally, no. Um, well, the, the main tasks are research, uh, design, coordination, planning, uh, execution, and evaluation. Are those the five that we were taught? In I don't know. That, was, that sounded very academic. Yeah, well, that's what we were taught in school. Um, I mean, 
what does a wedding planner do? A full on wedding planner is going to plan everything from start to finish until the day of, and, you know, even power with you after your wedding day, a wedding planner thinks of everything and remembers everything. So you don't forget anything. And I think the biggest thing a wedding planner can do for you is to ease your mind and make sure you're not spending money that unnecessarily. Yeah, a full wedding planner, full planning, if that's the service you're getting, is going to hold your hand through the entire process. Um, and it, that includes communication with vendors. And then another very popular option is a month of coordinator. And so that person would effectively take over your job that you've been doing planning your wedding in that last six weeks of the day and the biggest jobs for a month of coordinator i in my opinion would be your timeline your wedding day timeline um and then the full like set up and tear down which is quite a process that people sometimes don't think about until a couple weeks out like they've collected all this stuff who's going to put the stuff in the place and who's going to make sure the stuff ends up in my trunk before we go home that is it's not a glamorous side of wedding planning but it is a very important part of the day um it's a physical <laughs> job that we do and then running the timeline on the day executing with all of the team that you hire. So it's kind of like being a stage manager. If you were looking at it as like a theatrical production, the wedding planner is the one running around backstage, making sure that the ropes get pulled at the right time and the lights go on at the right time. And the, <laughs> you know, couple the main stars of the show are wherever they need to be. So as you said, everything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, and there's a good amount of like putting our hands up dresses and finding little buttons. And yeah. like, I've like, I've used deodorant on a bride's upper thighs before that she couldn't reach. Like we do when, when she says we do it all because it's because there's so many things that you're like, what'd you do today? Oh, well, I, I'm pretty sure I swallowed a straight pin because I was holding <laughs> four in my mouth as I was trying to like jimmy a tablecloth that was the wrong size onto the bottom of a, you know, whatever you have to do to kind of MacGyver at times your way through things. So it's a lot more than just tying bows. Yeah, I'm very intimate with our clients. <laughs> <laughs> but you should feel that level of comfort too, which your yeah. planner, um, so that it's not like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, you know, it yeah. shouldn't be weird. We I mean, held I, dresses while people pee. I, I was, was literally, like, <laughs> I, I held up, brain. <laughs> like I held up like a blanket in, in front of my client while she, she, I mean, I hope this is okay. She got her period unexpectedly on her wedding day and it was an outdoor venue and we were like very close to, and there was not a bathroom close. So she literally had to put on her, you know, tools in the toolkit, you know, there out in the wilderness while I held up a blanket. You know what I mean? Like there's just, <laughs> yeah, we've done so many things. A wedding yeah. planner will have like a bag of tricks too. I mean, we're going to probably answer 12 of your questions in one Sorry. answer, but <laughs> yeah. it, like That's a Mary funny. Poppins, you know, when she pulls out the lamp out of the bag and the kids are like, what? How's the lamp in there? <laughs> like that's every wedding we will use our emergency kit or it'll be on our person. It's very J-Lo in the wedding planner when she like opens up her jacket and she has all the things there, but it's true. We carry a lot on our bodies 
And we're always adding to that emergency kit because somebody will need something at one wedding. I'll be like, I I remember distinctly looking for hemorrhoid cream in my like toiletries portion of my emergency kit because I was asked by a very important member of the, you know, VIP circle and was like, I have so many things. I have Advil. I have, you know, I have uh, Band-Aids, of course, Neosporin. I have Pepto-Bismol. I have all these things. Maybe I do have it. And then, no, I didn't. So somebody has to run to CVS, but you can bet your ass at my next wedding. Oh, literally. (laughs) You can literally bet your ass at my next wedding. I'm going to have hemorrhoid cream because it was one thing. That yeah. was missing. And I was like, well, I'm going to have it now. For So the, the kit keeps growing. If you have an experienced wedding planner, they should have a hell of a kit that they, you know, you don't cart it around with you all day, but it's somewhere. Hemorrhoid cream can use can be used for like under the eyes or something, isn't it? Also yes. like for puffiness. Yes, like puffiness. Yeah. It doesn't Ooh, work as wow. well as you think it should, but yes, it can be in a pinch. Interesting. Ooh. Yeah. These yeah. are the questions you need to ask your potential planner. <laughs> What's in your kit? Do you have hemorrhoid yeah, what cream? Is in your kit? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Their kit right. should be much more utilitarian than like some cute little like, like wedding planner kids. branded kit yeah. that you can like easily put in your glove compartment. No, we I have a suitcase and it's like there are many compartments in the suitcase and there are many random, you know, it looks like I'm going to kill somebody probably if I got pulled over. They'd be like, what's this rope and these ties and this staple gun? You're like that guy in Pulp Fiction that comes after they kill the people and he's the cleaner. Like we could do that potentially. We could could save a life. We could cover up a murder and (laughs) we will rub your upper thighs if you need us to. There you go. It's all there. Yeah. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, yes. that was yes. that was a perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. So first, should one pick their planner before they select the venue, or should they pull them in afterwards? We just had this conversation, right? Yeah, we did. What comes first, about... the chicken or the egg? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's like fifty fifty. Uh, well, no, okay. actually, I would say it's more it's uh, I would say the majority of my clients um, have their venues uh, when they hire me for full planning. Even um, okay. I would say like 75 percent and then the rest I find the venue for or some in some cases they have the venue and they're not happy with it. So then we have to find a different one. But yeah, uh, either way, either way, I I think you're going to get more bang from for your buck from your planner if you're paying for full planning, if I were to also help you find your venue, because I'm going to charge you the same no matter what. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, yeah. The venue is such an important decision. So it'd be nice as a planner to have been involved in that decision making or like, mm. you know, your first contact with the venue manager or whatever. But same, most of the time, uh, my clients have already, it might be very recent, like we just signed the contract or just last week we made our final decision, but it's still, so we're still at the beginning of the process, but most of the time they have the venue already. And if I'm being hired and they don't have the venue, it's always extremely like, we have literally no idea. We don't have an idea what time of year. We don't have an idea what part of the state. And then that's a big part of the job that they're hired. That That's why they want a planner is because they're so like, oh, we haven't even taken the first step. How can we possibly 
So it is kind of chicken and egg, but most of the time couples have a venue already. Okay. So essentially you would be the second vendor yes. that is selective. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So yeah. do wedding vendors also help the couple select their other vendors? Mm-hmm. I think especially Sometimes. when it's vendors that go hand in hand, like a photographer and a videographer, they often might not be the same company or even affiliated and don't people think there's all this like secret commissions going on. Like you're going to get a, you're going to get $500 if you make me get that vendor, but it's very, very rare that that's involved in any of this. It's just people like to work with who they like and who they get along with and who they trust and who they find reliable. So it's a great way to hire your vendor team, hire a couple key vendors and then ask them, Hey, you have any opinions on Floris, we've kind of done a little poking around, but we haven't quite hired anybody. What do you think? I mean, the planner will obviously vet and do research and give you referrals. That's part of a planner's job. But other vendors might definitely have some great recommendations also. That makes sense. Okay. What are things that brides should ask their potential wedding planners during the consultation process? That's a good question. Um Well, I think that it's likely that you've asked a lot of the questions, like the technical questions already before you've met with a potential planner. Um, Some of the questions like uh, I get asked are, you know, well, actually, one we always recommend you ask that a lot of people don't is, can I see an example of one of your wedding day schedules, like your wedding day timelines? Can I see one or two? Because... It's kind of, and I, I often will just show these. It really says a lot about the planner for me and the way my brain works. Like, let me see how organized this planner is. You know, how does he format things? Is it easy to read? How detailed is it? You know, a wedding day timeline is, especially if you're just hiring a month of coordinator is like Christy said, one of the biggest parts, uh, the biggest components, and it should always have your what who, what, when, where, and why in it. Right. And so if those details are not clear, I I don't think they're that great at their job personally. I'm going to say that. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm just going to be bold. I'm just going to say it. I agree. (laughs) Asking to see those examples is huge. And a lot of people don't think about it or they Mm -hmm. think, oh, it would be nice if she showed us a timeline, but it's awkward to ask. It's, I don't, I don't think it's awkward. I would always have like a stack ready to go. If you wanted a hard copy, I could pull one up on my computer. This is an example of a wedding similar to yours. Here's what theirs Mm -hmm. looked like. And it's not so that they can go through and see like, does that make sense? It's more so that they can see the overall picture. They haven't hired me yet. I want them to see how my brain works. Like Michelle said, because maybe my Mm -hmm. timeline is four pages long. And this couple is like, we don't, we don't want to know down to the minute. <laughs> we, like you, you do all that, but we don't want to be involved in that just stresses us out or mm-hmm. that's not our style or just tell me where to be. That's what a lot of people will say. Just tell me what time right. I need to show up. And I'm like, I can do that, but I want you to see why I'm charging what I'm charging. <laughs> right. This is not like, I'm just going to roll up and be like, I'm kind of a leader. And I think I can round up these vendors. Like there's a lot of legwork that goes into it. So I'm showing you this before I show you maybe the full breakdown price-wise so that you can understand like this is a lot of work so that's why I'm charging what I'm charging 
And that's another thing, in my opinion, for your answer is talking about price when you meet with the planner. If you are respectful and you're not trying to just like get something for free from the beginning, then all questions are a good question. And the planner should be able to answer them about fees and hours and communication, all of it. I also think it's important, Mm -hmm. um, and this probably goes back to our formal training with our teacher that Christy and I both had, but I feel that any professional should have business insurance. You know, Mm -hmm. ask your wedding planner, like, or potential planner, do you have business insurance? Do you have like liability insurance? Because if, if that wedding planner is very serious about their business and any potential, you know, like emergencies that could happen, if he or she is taking care of his or her business, then they're all that, that says a lot about that person too. You know, a lot of people think like, okay, I'm a wedding planner. You know, do you have a business license? Do you have business insurance? You know, mm-hmm. uh, aside from all the, how many years have you been doing this? And you know, what is your, do you have a, do you have a cert- certificate? Christy and I are both certified wedding consultants. That's our, we are CWCs and we got our certification back when it was offered in a classroom setting. Um, there are a lot of online courses now, but I, I mean, there's so many wedding planners out there. There's so mm-hmm. many, especially it was really, really popular for a while. You mentioned JLo Christy, like all the movies and you know, whatnot, like if you're going to invest in a planner, especially for full planning, you want to make sure you get somebody who really knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I that like- really, yeah, I was going to say that, you one you brought up many points that i didn't even consider like the timeline i i wouldn't have even thought about that i think when i was looking i was just like oh my gosh your instagram looks nice (laughs) um you've done weddings or events that look similar to the style that i like Mm -hmm. so for me that was my metric when not to say i have I love my planner, but there are so many other things that are actually way more important to consider. So I never, ever would have thought about that. But then also checking for the business license, checking for the certifications and the certification, I was a little bit, I was a little hip on that, but at the same time, I wasn't even sure if that meant anything. Mm -hmm. Like just because someone says they're certified versus someone that isn't does that matter to my venue? Does that matter to other vendors I want to work with? I had no idea about any of that. Um, I mean, it's an unregulated industry. You don't have to have a license to operate. You don't, I mean, like you you can't just be a pilot at American Airlines and say like, I've always wanted to be a pilot. I'm a pilot. You can't be a teacher (laughs) without like passing some state exams and being, you, you have to jump through some hoops you, you mm-hmm. wouldn't hire a plumber that didn't have like a presence on the Better Business Bureau or some, you know, so, a van right. that has his number on it. You wouldn't just like let him into your house to mess around with the faucet. Like wedding planners is unregulated. Anybody can just be like, I had such a good time planning parties in college and now I'm a party planner. <laughs> and like, are, are you? Yeah. What? I mean, that are we taking your word for it? So a certification is just one step that shows you that the person, excuse me, that the person takes it seriously. So mm-hmm. does business insurance. So does liability insurance. So does a website that wasn't, you know, thrown together. So does an extremely detailed contract. I mean, that's the flip of a great Instagram page is like all this beauty and it's such great light and aesthetically it speaks to me. What does the contract look like? A contract is just words 
<laughs> and <laughs> dates. It is not sexy. It is not cool or fun, but it is far more important than, you know, a well curated Instagram account. So mm. you got to have, yeah. you got to dig into both. I mean, we highly encourage, like, you have to put on your analytical hat a little bit with hiring your wedding planner. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so <just> like, Take <laughs> notes. <laughs> There's so much. There is yeah. so much. It's not to be scary. You just don't want to end up in the hands of somebody who has a really great grid and has never, you know, made confirmation calls before or jumped through some red tape or, you know, done, made a difficult decision to like intervene on your behalf. Like it's a, you got to yeah. put it on, you know, it's a big job. We have difficult conversations. We sometimes let people down or get in the middle of family and we're like, hey, that's your table. Go sit at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have yeah. to, there's a lot of qualities that you want. So it's, it can't just be all pretty fun wedding day photos. And I think that's what a lot of us see. So, right. you know, yeah. so we just go by that. Yeah. And just in the media, the wedding planner is either yeah. like a gorgeous, um, you know, like maternal type or yeah. the wedding planner is like a crazy bitch. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's not like that where I roll my sleeves up and I am working mm-hmm. on the wedding she's, day. She's a pretty crazy bitch. <laughs> and the one you want on your side, you know. On the wedding yeah. day. That's how you should feel about your planner. Oh, man. All right. So when couples are researching their planner or coordinator via social, what should they notice? Mm. Didn't we just say that this is not how to research a wedding planner? Yeah. You? No, I'm yes. just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you did. No, you did. not exclusively, but yes, right. yes, yes. So, I mean... I think it depends on what's important to you. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that I love so much about your podcast is that you are bringing a voice to your community. And so the first and foremost, Christina says a lot is like, what's on their social media? You know, are Mm -hmm. you are you black? Do they have black people on there? Are you gay? Are there any gay couples there? Like, Mm -hmm. do you see you on their grid? Or on their website. Yeah. I think yeah. I think that's big because you you again you have to feel comfortable with this planner. You know, do you see representation of who you are as a couple? And also right now more than ever, there's been a reckoning uh, in this industry and this country as it, you know, was long needed, but putting your money where your values are, that's your paying somebody's bills. I mean, I had to stop seeing my hairstylist because I found out through stupid Facebook that she's an anti-vaxxer, anti-masker, QAnon nut. And she was my hairstylist. Like, I don't need this woman for advice, but she did a pretty good job cutting my hair. Once I saw those posts on a personal page separate, I was like, bummer. Now I... Now I have to find a new hairstylist because it matters to me where I throw my dollars and my support. It is our vote. It is our our voice right now for our values. So that looking at somebody's grid and not seeing somebody that looks like you is one thing, but then also maybe digging in a little bit before you sign a contract and give somebody $3,000 of your hard-earned money, Mm -hmm. they might have a competitor that aligns more with the way you see the world. And that, I don't think that came into people's decision-making process a few years ago because weddings are weddings. They're, they're wedding planner. What do I care how they feel about Black Lives Matter? But it, Mm -hmm. it does matter because we are all 
we're not living in a bubble where, you know, we're humans in the world. I own a wedding planning business. Michelle owns a wedding planning business. Somebody else works in a hospital. Someone else is a teacher, but how you interact with the world is a part of your, it's just a part of things. It always has been that now there's like a spotlight on it and we're, we're into that. I think with a little bit of digging, you might find out something you really, really like Mm -hmm. or something you really don't like. Yeah. Yeah. So what are um, any red flags within the wedding planning space? Like, what are things that you've noticed that we wouldn't notice because we're new to this or we're just completely, you know, overwhelmed and caught up in like all the pretty photos and the, you know, staring at the ring a thousand times, like the things we just wouldn't know. Such a little thing, but we did talk about how if a wedding planner says in her package or whatever that it's like a six-hour day or even an eight-hour day, that's just kind of, you you should dig into that as a potential client when you're comparing. Like, what do you mean? Like, at 10 p.m., you're going to walk uh, (laughs) uh, to your car? I mean, I can't remember an eight hour wedding that I've ever done, but I know that that's on some people's contracts. And then, well, then over time, if you add time is going to be this much, but it's more if you add it that day. I mean, there's just some contracts, 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 make sure you're really comparing and reading them carefully, but that would be just a little bit of like a eyebrow raiser, like eight hours really with setup and breakdown and like everything that needs to be done before you even get to the venue on a wedding day. So that's just one that comes to the top of my mind. And I think mm-hmm. it's just a, also a pet peeve of mine. I think red flag for, uh, that was a good one for Seth. Was, I was going to say you stole it. Uh, another red flag is just the way that the planner is communicating with you from the get-go. Like if you send an inquiry through the website, obviously you're going to get that auto reply, right? That everybody has on their website. But then, you know, how, wh- you know, are they getting in touch personally within 24 hours 48 hours and how what's their communication like over email over phone how difficult is it to actually have a phone call with that planner um these are all you know if it's like oh my god chrissy's i i i i I inquired with her on you know friday i get it she probably had a wedding that weekend but i would hope to hear from her by Tuesday. Um, and then I can't talk to her for two weeks and, uh, I can't get any sort of pricing and you know what I mean? Those are for me are red flags because communication is like number one, like it's so important for a planner specifically because we are your funnel, like between the couple and all the other vendors. And we need to know how to communicate clearly and effectively and respectfully and professionally. And promptly. And promptly. So. Yeah. If- and on the prompt thing, then this goes hand in hand with communication, organization. Obviously, you cannot have a disorganized wedding planner. What is the point? No. But timeliness and like being, if I would be, mortified to my core if I ever had to text a bride and groom or a groom and whoever on the way to a meeting to be like, I'm so sorry, I'm running 15 minutes late. Like that would be, I I would die. I mean, just because it's like a first impression thing. Also, I'm the wedding planner. Like the idea of being (laughs) late for anything is I am early or I am right on time. So if you're, if you're talking to somebody and they roll in 
like late or they miss the meeting or they cancel the meeting more than one. I mean, life happens like, but if a meeting is, I mean, we've talked to brides through our, our podcast who are like, so what do you guys think? I've had a wedding planner and she's canceled on us three times. And the last one was when I was on my way and she canceled. And I was like, oh my cannot, gosh. you have to not work with this person. That's what I think. That's three, t- you know, too many red flags, but timeliness is huge with wedding planners. This is a professional. Do they take their job seriously? Are they taking your wedding seriously? Are they taking your time seriously? They need to be on time. I can't imagine having a planner that is late. Like, what are you late for? What are you late for? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Again, anybody can call themselves a wedding planner. So you, you know, you have to, you you have to learn. Don't, don't hire somebody that is late for your first meeting. I don't know. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) You're right. Um, Okay. So what type of bride needs a month of coordinator versus a partial planner versus a full-time planner? I think it's usually budget driven. Okay. Um, Yeah. Although I remember a very long time ago when I was planning my wedding and my then fiance asked if I wanted to hire someone to help plan it. I was like, no, nobody's touching my wedding. No, you know, cause I was like, I'm doing this. This is mine, but I'm a wedding planner. I wasn't then, but you know, um, but it's typically budget driven uh, because you probably can't afford a full on planner or you have somebody who's going to help you or, you know, you, you got this. Um but at the very least, you should have a month of coordinator. And I will say that day of coordinator, there's no day of coordinators. I mean, if someone says I'm a day of coordinator and they are literally just going to show up on your wedding day, that's not good. Mm-mm. You need a month of coordinator. You need somebody to yes. take over for you <laughs> and uh, the month before your wedding. Yeah, because they have to draft the timeline. They can't just follow the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot that is something mm-hmm. about the industry that's a little weird. A lot of planners have a day of package or an on-site, pa- you know, something that they call like my associate planner will be the day of planner. You might mm-hmm. see those kind of terms when you're looking at websites, but just it is a very easy question to ask when you're emailing. Does day of planner, what does that mean? Really? Mm-hmm. Does it just mean day mm-hmm. of? And most of the time they will respond with, maybe a package description or something more than what's on the website. And it will say like starting three weeks out or starting six weeks out, we do a consultation and then I visit the venue and then I make the call. So the answer is like, Oh, okay. Okay. So it's not, you're not actually day of, but if you ever (laughs) come across somebody who says like, no, it says day of it's day of, I'm going to put the address in my phone and map quest my way (laughs) to the venue and uh, introduce myself. Then that's don't hire that person. That is alarming. If if you're a groom or a bride that wants that needs a partial planner, you're probably someone who who has the time and feels pretty confident doing most of the work, but doesn't want to go out at blindsided. Like wants the benefit of the planner's vendors' recommendations, of more guidance along the way of uh, the planning process but not necessarily somebody that you need to actually take the whole thing on. Right. And again, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, uh, 
more budget friendly to have a partial planner versus a full planner. And people who hire me for full planning are usually, usually they're like, I just don't, I just can't. Like you said earlier, Ashley, like <laughs> I, I, I can't, I just, no, no, yeah. I can't. And, or it's like, I've had, you know, partners at law firms who like work, you know, 14 hours a day or, you know, uh, people who have many children or people who just have the type of job that doesn't allow them to take, you know, the hundreds of hours it takes to plan a wedding. It mm-hmm. just doesn't. So, yeah. Wonderful answer. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> what should the couple tell their potential planner or coordinator during the consultation phase? A planner, or at least Michelle and I as planners, really want to get to know the couple in that short amount of time that you have. So I would, my advice would just be to be authentic and be yourselves and how you communicate with each other in front of the planner needs to be as real as possible. Of course, everyone's a little different when they're alone, but we can tell who we're going to vibe really well with after an in-person or maybe a Zoom if, if you have to, just like you can. Um, and the mm-hmm. vibe is important. Like it's not always something that you can describe or like put a, you know, a name to, but the energy, mm-hmm. the way you might say like, I really like, I really, I feel like we really clicked. That's good. Like, listen to that. I think that's important. That's not as important with other vendors. It's very important with your planner. Yeah. And you should also just tell them what your needs are. Like, Hmm. I need someone to keep me on track. I need someone to make sure I don't overspend. (laughs) You know, I need someone to tell my mother to step off. Like, I, (laughs) this is what I need. Uh, You know, what do you need? Yeah. And I think, you know, we don't really think about that going into the process, you know, because we're just thinking of, you know, of course, what we need for the wedding. So I think it's Mm -hmm. important for us before we even come to you all to write these things down. So I'm Mm -hmm. happy that you actually said that because this is something that I would have never thought of, you know, to write down my needs. I mean, of course, I know I need, you know, a planner, but (laughs) yeah, like, I need someone to help me go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, yeah, I need some. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, I, I have a brother with special needs and I need yeah. to make sure that you're going to be comfortable around that. Uh-huh. Right. Um, we all know you want a pretty wedding and you want it to look like the things you've been penning on your Pinterest page. Like that's easy. That's right. fun. Of course. <laughs> but what's the real. <laughs> yeah. The real needs. Yeah. Yeah. So what information does a potential planner or coordinator ask of the couple during the consult? And I think we kind of sort of already touched base on that, but um, is there anything else? Well, I want to know what the wedding budget is. Okay. And, and I always preface that with my price has nothing to do with your wedding budget. Like mm-hmm. I charge what I charge based on how much of me I put into this. But I also need to know if your wedding budget is realistic based on what you've just explained to me, because that's important. Yeah. 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 I think budget, guest count. I mean, you might not know a lot of things, but you should have general ideas for those two things. Kind of your expectations for not that you want the day to run smoothly, because of course you do. That's why you're talking to a wedding planner, Mm -hmm. but your expectations for how 
the wedding planner is actually going to help you. You might, this is so funny. I got my hair cut and that's my second like stylist story, but I said, I want an inch cut off. And she goes, "Mm, okay. And then she grabs my hair and like holds it up and she goes, would you say this is an inch? And I was like, oh, I see what you're doing there (laughs) because too many people have been like, I want one inch. And then she cuts one inch and they're like, oh my God, what did you do? You cut six inches. You know, she was like double checking that my idea of one inch lined up with her idea of one inch. And I was like, very smart. I think that lesson can serve me and like how I communicate with people. Like you want a wedding planner to hold your hand through the process. What does that mean to you? Like, what do you really mean by that? And then the person might say, I want you to attend every meeting with me, or I want you to attend half the meetings without me. I'm busy. I travel a lot. I don't even want to taste the cake. Just take notes and let me know. Those are two very different ways to hold hands through the wedding planning process. So you know, you don't necessarily have to know all the details about your wedding when you're hiring a planner because you don't have them all figured out yet, but you should put some thought into what you actually want out of this like fairy godmother-esque human that you're about to pay to be in your life. Because some answers I would just be like, oh, I'm not the planner for you then. If that's what, you know, if that's what you want, I can refer you to somebody else that I know (laughs) will, you know, fit the bill. But there might be some answers where I'm like, yeah, I love that. That's exactly what I do. And I'm so glad you said that. And then we can move on. Like, I want you to pick up the phone at two o'clock in the morning I expect you to. Yes. I expect you to. And also, and what is a, what's a actual, like a do not enter for me is when somebody tells me that their mom is like their planning partner. So it's not me Uh and my husband to be, it's me and my mom and my mom's going to come to, I love moms. I have a mom. I am a mom. I'm all about moms, but I have learned through disasters in my career Mm -hmm. that I don't work well when it's a bride mom team doing all the wedding planning together for the most part. I want it to be about the couple and not about, well, I've always dreamed about this for my daughter. So I've just learned, you know, a little (laughs) trial and error. It's not my bag. I know planners who almost exclusively work with Mm -hmm. moms, you know, in the South, it's very common. So it's just a different it's a different style. And the more you can share about your expectations with a planner, the better chance you have to find the right one. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I love moms. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want like the moms coming after me. (laughs) No, I don't think they will. Um, And I know that you've all touched on this a little bit earlier, um, but how should brides personality type factor into the type of planner she hires? I know that's very, very important. It's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, what you know, Christy mentioned the moms. You know, I've always said if the couple meets with me and the word perfect comes out in any shape or form, I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to work. You have unrealistic expectations. It's very important. It's very important. You yeah. should be working with someone who who you feel really comfortable with and you get along well with. And I, I mean, and Christy touched on this too, like the wedding is the couple, you know, the wedding should represent the couple, the bride and the groom or the bride and the bride or the groom and the groom or, you know, whoever. And so, and usually there's a lead of the two. There's like a lead that you probably talk to more than the other, but 
you should really get a, both get along pretty well because on the wedding day too, like I'm, I'm talking to both of you. I'm, I'm giving you both direction. You're, you're both giving me direction and I want to make sure that you both feel hundred percent with me. So I think that's insanely important. Yeah, I agree. I agree. If I can't get along with you, then what are we doing here? Yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing? (laughs) You you don't, you don't get to choose your family, but you can choose your planner. Yeah. 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 Would you say that like just a consultation phone call would be enough to gleam like the both, like the different personalities? So, or, you know, say pre post COVID meeting in person, do you think that's enough just to kind of, okay, I can tell that I will like you or not. It can be enough. Yeah, it can be. I think, I mean, if you're the kind of person that's just indecisive in life period, it's not going to be enough for you. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's, there's many people like that, but like I've been in meetings where like within 20 minutes, we're like, all right, can I get a contract or, Mm -hmm. you know, where we've walked away and they don't contact me for a week later. So, I mean, I think yeah. it's definitely a phone call where I know because the bride was really upfront about it, that I was the third planner in a mm-hmm. list of phone calls that they were making that had been like narrowed down. It was like American Idol. Uh, I made it to the <laughs> final three and I, I didn't take any, it, that I didn't feel one way or the other about that. I was like, okay, yeah. well, let me know when you know. And she, yeah. I was the third of three and they took a couple days and like deliberated and looked at our contracts. I'm, sure. But we had had a good 30 minute phone conversation. I learned a little, she learned a little, I thought this would be great. I want this wedding, but I would have, you know, would have totally understood if I never heard from her that she went with somebody else because they were very careful about who they were hiring. Mm -hmm. Um, But she did hire me. And prior to us meeting at the venue to do like a walkthrough, because this was month of, we had never met in person and hadn't spent more than a half an hour talking on the phone. Mm. Um, and it was a great working relationship. So it can definitely be enough. Yeah. I think there's something to the expectations that the bride or the couple or the groom has for their wedding. So like you were saying, Michelle, is it, did you have this like TV movie wedding in mind where, you know, I don't know, the wedding planner is this like accessory sort of figure to your wedding and Mm -hmm. so it's you know very kind of not real (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know in the sense of like yeah there are going to be like hard questions and hard decisions to make it's not going to all be you know like cake tasting dress fittings you know like there's also okay do you want me to do something if your drunk uncle goes or like the uncle that likely drinks too much is heading to the bar for the third time like do you want me to do something who, who should I talk to about that? And so I think maybe it just all goes back to the this kind of image in mind that media has portrayed when it comes to like wedding planners and what that role means for the weddings. And I, I really think that weddings have like been really weirdly represented. In- Played up in a certain way, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's not all like that. I mean, I think of the dress shopping process my dress shopping process was nothing like say yes to the dress. So I think there are a lot of these images where you see one thing online or one that, you know, not in the news, but on TV. And then the reality of it all is like, 
not completely different, but it's like, yeah, that was probably like 30% of like what really happens. Um, so anyway, saying all that to say, you're not going to be just like besties hanging out, you know, or I don't know. There, there is something else that I, I, that I thought of as you were talking about this and that's like, and it's an old saying, right? Like life is what happens while you're planning. And so you should, your personality should match or you should be very comfortable with your planner. I have experienced, you know, clients who've lost loved ones during the planning process who have, you know, I've been in the same room when they're fighting or crying with their estranged parent. You know, I have been a part of moments that most people that like your friends don't see mm-hmm. because I am inserted into that family for an amount of time. And, you know, they don't feel uncomfortable or embarrassed for me to see that side of things. And I'm okay with it too. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that happens a lot. So it is important to feel close or comfortable. You don't have to be best friends. Like you said, you know yeah. what I mean? You, it, it doesn't have to be like that. And it's not your mother, but I mean, you have to know that your planner, a full on planner is going to be inserted into your family and your relationship to a certain extent, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I think is just an amazing honor. You know, I get off on that. I love it. <laughs> not everybody can. Yeah. yeah. N- not everyone wants to. Mm-mm. actually true yeah. so yeah 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 all right so what should brides do or grooms couples do before their initial consultation now just help in the long run and i know i feel like we've touched on this so if we really have to death then we can just like, go to the next question you should have most of the questions answered before you even meet with the before you even do the in-person consultation not that you shouldn't have spent hours you know Mm -hmm. communicating but like the main questions are availability have you worked at this venue before have you worked these vendors what is this going to cost us what does your planning service contract look like what is offered if you you know want to know do we have to pay for them to have a hotel room because we're going three hours outside of our town like all that stuff you should know ahead of time and Mm -hmm. then the consultation can be largely about that unnameable stuff, the the vibe, the energy. Do you like this person? Are you? Do you feel comfortable? Do you want them in your life for the next nine months? Like you can't discover that by answering questions, you know, getting questions answered on email, but you can on a phone call or on Zoom or in person. But mm-hmm. all of the like hard questions you should have already asked. Don't waste your time with somebody who charges ten thousand dollars if you don't have that to spend. Right, um, mm-hmm. and then. Like we said, Tonia, you were surprised by bringing a list of your own expectations for what this relationship is going to look like. It's worth doing that so that you're not put on the spot when the planner says, well, why do you think you need a planner? Other than the obvious, you want your wedding to be smooth and you don't want to worry about stuff. What other things do you expect out of this? You'd have a list ready to go. Like, I don't know if this is all possible, but here's five things that are actually kind of important to me. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, be prepared so that you're not wasting anybody's time. Neither one of you is wasting time in a meeting. Very Ditto. good point. Yeah. How should the brides with undecided budgets approach their potential planners? Well, I think you have, you know, not everybody that meets with me the first time knows exactly their wedding budget, but they, I will say, okay, well, what's like, 
is there a range? Like, can you spend $100,000 or can you spend $5,000, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you should, you really should in your mind have a range. I mean, the first thing anybody should do when they get engaged and decide to have a wedding is to A, talk about their priorities, the couple themselves together and B, talk about money and start early because it's a hard conversation to have for a lot of people. It is. I mean, I mean, if you think about those of you out there who have a partner, a lot of arguments come out of money. A lot of uncomfortable conversations come because of money. So set your priorities and your expectations of finances right away. Have it out. Talk about it and then have a range and be like, there is we're stupid if we spend more than, you know, forty thousand dollars. Like, that's just not going to happen. And that's just crazy. You know, like, okay, then know that and then have a range you go to your planner and say you know i think it's from here to here but i have no idea like how much am i supposed to spend tell right. me you know and if you've so already booked your venue and you still like that's oh, we booked tell this us venue. a lot yeah and it's ten thousand dollars for 11 hours or whatever you get it for we can kind of tell you right then like well expect to spend at least double that than what you spent on the venue at minimum venue is, you know, 50%. And that would be if we're including like reception, food and drink, basically. So there's some simple kind of like, uh, if you're spending that, you know, does it make sense if your overall wedding budget is 20 grand to hire a $5,000 wedding planner? That's a pretty big, just 25% of your whole budget. Maybe not. But like Michelle said, our fees do not reflect your, it doesn't matter if you have a million dollar wedding or a small-ish, more, you know, a, a less expensive wedding in the backyard. Our fees are the same. Some so planners do proportion. it that way. Some planners do. I've heard of that, of a percentage. I just don't think it makes any sense. Not to me, at least. So, Because mm-hmm. um, our most difficult weddings could be the ones with lower budgets mm-hmm. and sm- they often you know, are. A, a home venue or a venue that needs a lot of dressing up that they got for a deal and then they hire a planner. So, yeah, our... Uh, for the two of us, our price doesn't reflect the overall budget, but you wouldn't want to spend half your overall budget on your wedding planner. Mm-hmm. So of there course. are things to consider, even if you don't actually know your number. Yeah. I would have thought that, that the smaller weddings would be a lot easier for you all. Smaller, maybe mm-hmm. less expensive. Well, well, oh, yeah, like less expensive. Yeah. Okay. No. So less expensive weddings would have been like easier for you all to plan They're- <laughs> I think as a general rule, they're not because okay. a lot of times like corners are cut uh, fit into okay. a smaller budget, which is, that was my own wedding. This is not like, I'm not throwing shade or anything, but it's like, I didn't, I didn't want to pay for a florist. So I was basically doing my own flowers. Well, who puts that together on the wedding day, the planner where I, as a planner, uh, I mean, back then I would have, but yeah. So you might be like, oh, you don't have a DJ, but you want me to press play on a playlist and then like monitor the playlist and turn the volume up and pick oh. when we need to play a dance song. And then I'm doing a DJ's job. Gotcha. I have my hand over here while my other hand needs to be way over yeah. there making sure that the, you know, tables are set up properly or that the food is coming out at the right time or that the, you know, we're, we're yeah. queuing the processional or whatever it is. So Money buys... Yeah manpower so Mm -hmm. money does not buy happiness money does not buy a classy beautiful looking wedding necessarily you can have that with a very small budget you could have an intimate wonderful wedding day with a small budget you just might not have 
a, some of the components. And one of those might be, you know, a wedding planner that you can't have. Gotcha. If you have a really big budget, you have like a staff basically. So yeah. Yeah. That makes a whole lot of sense now. Sorry, I I He's help. frugal. Well, well yeah, <laughs> well not only that, but like I helped my cousin plan her wedding and there was a wedding planner. It was her very first wedding that she did and let me just say like the wedding like it was chaotic. It was very chaotic. And but now that you explain it that way, it's because she was wearing many hats. Mm-hmm. Because my cousin's, you know, like it was a budget-friendly wedding. Mhm. Mm-hmm. But but the wedding planner, like she was wearing many hats. And so that's why it was chaotic. Yeah. And she's then, like greeting guests. Yeah. Getting the buffet out. Like, uh-huh. yeah. Positioning flowers. It's it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And like towards the end, like everyone was like, that wedding planner was horrible. They're horrible. <gasps> yeah. But, but now that you explain it that way, like. She was being set up for failure yeah. and she did it yeah. because she needed to get her first wedding on the books. Mm-hmm. But exactly. that's also, that happens. Like the guests see you struggling as a planner and they're like, whoa, she does not look like she knows what she's doing when really she's sweating so badly and wants yeah. to just die. <laughs> <laughs> God, I remember that feeling. Oh. 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 Well, okay. So, what questions should a couple ask to make sure they stay in budget once their planner has been secured? Well, I mean, I make sure my clients stay within budget. That's my job. If I have a budget, we've decided on it, it's realistic, we've got it all planned out in the She's various talking about categories. Like- it's line by line. She's done this budget with them. So it's not just uh, yeah. like, oh, you have 30 grand. She's dispersed it. Like I literally mm-hmm. know, and I know their priorities. So I know if we go over in one area, I'm going to steal from this other line item. Um, so really, like if you're hiring a full planner, we keep you in budget. And we, you know, I, I, my clients know what they're paying for everything. They sign the contracts. I create the payment schedule. I make sure they pay it on time. I'm giving them reminders. Like I've got like a whole system that does that. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're hiring a full professional planner, you don't need to ask your planner any questions to keep it within budget. You just tell us what your budget is. We make sure it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right. And then let us take it from there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking your credit card. Well, so actually, that's not true. I mean, I don't have it, but sometimes my clients <laughs> give me their credit card number. You yeah. know what I mean to like put on file for things. But uh, I always that's one thing. Like, and this is a big thing. I, I, I we're huge proponents, or we feel like this is law. Like, if you're the couple getting married, you should sign the contract. You not your plan or not anybody else. You need to sign that contract. So you yeah. know what your, where your money's going, you know right. what I mean? And what your responsibilities are and what your vendor's responsibilities are. But I always read the contracts before my clients do. That's good. Yeah. Speaking of contracts. So yes. would you be able to help a bride or a groom or a couple figure out whether like, yeah, this is a good contract or this is actually horrible. Like, mm-hmm don't sign that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't ever hand a contract over to my client before I've read through it thoroughly and made a lot of usually c- comments on it. Like mm-hmm. I'll s- scratch it up. And I sometimes will tell my client, you know what? I got the contract it has way too much, too many revisions. So let me get my revisions through first, and then I'll send it to you or I'll send it to them with my revisions before I, I always vet the contract before saying to my client, I feel like it's good to sign. Now you all read it 
and let me know what questions you have. Yeah. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. You've touched on this and I know it varies, but would you say there is maybe kind of like a rule of thumb, kind of a certain percentage of the overall budget usually goes towards a full planner? And if so, what is that? If anything. I mean, what, Christy, like 10 to 15% if you had to put a percentage on it for full planning? To, yeah, you would expect to spend 10% maybe of your overall budget. You could allocate that to planner, but how much that turns out to be could be the deciding factor of if you're going to get a full planner or a month of planner. Hmm. Like we only have 3500 to spend on a planner period. So what can we get for that? Maybe we get a couple consulting hours at the beginning and then mm -hmm. we hire a really basic month of at the end, or mm -hmm. maybe there's an up and coming associate planner and some, you know, company who can do partial, put together a partial package for 3,500 that fits our needs. But with that much money, we're not going to be able to afford a full planner. So that could be right. how you kind of go backwards in that decision, but it's it's not so much based on percentage the way that other vendors are. I think you could spend more percentage wise because the planner just charges five grand. That's what she charges. It doesn't matter what percentage that is. So then you have to look at your budget and see like, can we work that in? And since it's usually at the beginning of the planning process, you might be able to do that. And then you say like, okay, well, we won't have top shelf bar or we won't hire a videographer. I mean, people, you know, it's compromises. Yeah. There's give and take yeah. when you don't have just an over the top, anything goes kind of budget, which most people don't. That doesn't mean it excludes you from the planner club. You know, there's a planner to fit. Probably there's many planners that will fit your budget. And then it just comes down to what you get for that. What does her package breakdown look like? Mm -hmm. Okay. Last question, any parting words or advice for a couple that just got engaged that is about to start their planning process? I think actually, if you're about to start your planning process, um, just make sure you're on the same page. Priorities are important. Mm -hmm. And what your priorities might be, you may assume in your mind, those are your partner's priorities. And then when you really sit down to talk about it, you might be really shocked. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, mm -hmm. and really be sure that you are representing the two of you in your wedding. Like it's a waste of money and time. If you've got some cookie cutter wedding that someone else expects you to have, mm -hmm. it's just, it just is. Yeah. I think my overall advice is to like, stay, it sounds so trite, but like stay grounded, stay true to who you are. Like, don't get all crazy now that you have a ring on your finger and it's like go time here's my giant binder full of images that i've been collecting since i was 15 and we must have these things or else it is a failure and i'm failing at life and what is the point like take a deep breath don't go down some like social media rabbit hole online where you look at every single picture of a sprinkle cake that has ever been photographed in the history of the world like that to a rational person who like lives a normal life and goes to work and has a relationship and has friends like that sounds crazy right you're like uh, that's not me i would never but you'll be surprised when you like creep towards crazy i think like depend <laughs> on each other rein it in like keep it together 
that just remember there's a whole world out there that is not planning your wedding. I think that's sometimes I can get disillusioned even in the industry where it's like, oh, wait, it's, it's not going to be a perfect day. It's not the most important day of your life. I think that's a huge misconception and problem that the mm. wedding industrial complex feeds into. Yeah. Um, like surprise, marriage is way harder than wedding planning. The marriage part, the part for the rest of your life, way harder. Not always fun. Like it is work. Wedding planning, you know, don't don't make it something that it's not. Just stay grounded. That's all. Like keep be be normal. <laughs> be cool. Don't be like a crazy version of yourself just because you're engaged. You don't have to. You don't have to do that. Yeah, the world does not revolve around your wedding, by the way. Yes. <laughs> your friends do not always want to be hearing about your wedding. Yeah. That's what these podcasts are for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Very, like, very good advice. <laughs> yeah, 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 seriously. Tavia, like, is there something you want to tell Ashley? No, I'm just no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. And no. I feel like she probably heard more than anyone else just because of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but she signed up for that. I mean, that's not that your is true. That is very true. <laughs> that is very true. Because I'm thinking of just like other random wedding things that like bridesmaids never my other bridesmaids never heard but Tania got it all yeah mm-hmm. and there was one at one point I had to be like Ashley no <laughs> no <laughs> it's gonna be okay like I'll handle it like just chill out you know <laughs> yeah like you're spinning something into yeah. <laughs> something that doesn't have to be exactly exactly but but thankfully, you know, she was a good bride, you know. Yeah, she was a good bride. But I know she was. Yeah. I one of tell- our over like one of our definite pieces of advice and we would like we'll leave you with this is kind of you can use it many times throughout the process and that is make a decision and move on. We've pro- it's been like a motto of our podcast because it applies to so many things whether it's like okay, yeah. you're not going to invite your brother. Okay, you made the decision. And now you have to move on because the longer for anything, vendors, decisions about design, decisions about what to what song to play for, whatever. Once you make the decision, if you keep looking and you keep researching and you keep talking to people about the decision and then you change your mind, it just is wasted time, wasted energy. Mm. What's the point? Chances are you're going to circle back to the original decision anyway. Like make a decision and move on. <laughs> if we could put our, our philosophy as planners in a nutshell, that's a part of it. Help yeah. in a nutshell. That is such great advice because yes. I feel like I could have used that. <laughs> um, but seriously, just, yeah, don't him and haw. There's so many things, so many decisions and thoughts and things to consider in your wedding. Like you really don't have time to agonize over every single one. Trust me. Trust me. Um, yeah. Okay. Thank you, ladies, for that. We're not letting you go yet. We're going to do unsolicited advice. I did remember my advice. So this is what we do every week. I provide some advice to the people that are listening, whether you ask for it or not, because when you get engaged, sometimes you get some advice you didn't ask for. So this week is once those registry gifts start rolling in, 
start sending those thank yous. Don't be like me trying to send out like a hundred freaking thank yous right now when I could have been doing this in April, Mm. which is, I think, when our first gifts start rolling in. But the etiquette is what you have six months after the wedding to send your thank yous back. Um, But just do it in advance. Make sure you have some method that can track, you know, the people who you are telling thank you to. So whether it's a planner system you have or just a simple spreadsheet or a notebook, write it down, send it back. And yeah, you will just be happier in the long run that you're not trying to do everything at the same time months later. That is all. All right. So (laughs) we're going to move to the wedding vendor love. And I guess whoever wants to go first. Uh, We love Miss Becca Ashman. She is a makeup artist. She is really awesome. Um, she's gorgeous. She she stands for so much more than just uh, makeup on your wedding day. But um, if you if you see her Instagram, it's at Becca Ashman. Um, she's plus size. She's and gorgeous. Her- she's hilarious. She's a good human. Like she she takes care of her grandmother with Alzheimer's. Like Aww. her she's business amazing. is B A Beauty T X. So she's based in Dallas Fort Worth. So B-A-Beauty-T-X is her business account. And then hers is Becca Ashman. And she's been on the podcast and we love her so much. So that was our first one when we thought of, um, because she was like one of the OGs on our podcast. We need to circle back to her. And she's a good friend of mine in Fort Worth. And our second one is a, a fellow planner. He's been on the podcast. His name is Jose Roland out of New York City. And why we love him so much is because of how much um, deliberate focus, like conscious uh, assistance that he provides through every contract that he has with brides and grooms for their wedding goes back to the community. And he's big into like... um, events with impact like if you Mm. do have a big budget on your wedding and you hire him a portion of your budget is going to go to help the community that your wedding is in and you know that from the beginning and it's like part of the deal and it's part of the draw and we love him for that and that's jose rolon r-o-l-o-n events very nice and, the, and we have one other mm-hmm. shout out but it's kind of in she's kind of industry facing i'm not sure if you know her terica has she been on your she has not been on our show but we've heard of her i mean because she's like an industry she's a planner but she more now i think is focused on like coaching and education within the wedding industry and Mm -hmm. all summer she was in like every single like webinar zoom meeting like everything i was watching you know i'm like one of a thousand people Michelle and I are like splitting up, like you go to this one and you go to this one and we'll watch and we'll learn. She was always on the panel. So she's very like front and center. And her mm-hmm. website is terricainc.com. And having her on our podcast was a thrill and we just love her so much. So she is drop dead gorgeous too. Yeah. Not that that should be a thing, but she's just like <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. She's cocktail Terica. Okay. Yes, I listened to her speak and she's very like, she's funny, she's engaging, like she, yeah, love her. Yeah. Tell it like it is. Like, yeah, she's yeah. Everything we love. Mm-hmm. Ashley, who do you have this week? 
So I have a musician. She's actually a harpist um, based in the west side of things. <laughs> She's based in Cali. Um, her name is Maria Antoinette. <laughs> And her Instagram is Maria Antoinette. But if you want, you know, in addition to a DJ or in lieu of a DJ or, you know, great little cocktail hour music or whatnot, um, I'm always here for like a very beautifully like instrumented version of a song that you just love. I think, you know, it can just do something. It can set the mood. So Maria Antoinette, um, in that's Marie, like M-A-R-I-E with an A at the end of that. So don't forget the E also Antoinette, but of course all of this will be all over Instagram and everywhere else or whatever. So, um, that is my vendor for the week. Tania, what about you? Yeah, so this week I am going across the pond. Hopefully that's how they say it. Um, She's based out of the UK. (laughs) Her name is Toyin. Um, She is um, a baker. And let me say, like, I was looking at one of her cakes and I was counting all the tears. And I'm like, wow, like, that cake must be really, really tall. But um, (laughs) her cakes are beautiful. Like I said, um, go look her up, especially if you're in the UK. Her name is Toyin and you can find her on Instagram at teasbakeryuk and teasbakery.co.uk online. So definitely look her up. Great stuff. Well, thank you again, both of you, Christy, Michelle, for coming on and talking to us and giving us all this wonderful advice about how to select our, you know, wedding planner or wedding coordinator and feel like this is definitely one of those episodes that would have multiple pages worth of notes because like we said in the beginning they're the MVPs of the show um and we i mean don't don't waste your money by selecting someone that's just not professionally or even personally the perfect vendor for you especially the person that should have your entire wedding at you know in their hands they will make or break the day that you've envisioned in your mind um so again thank you where can people find you um individually but then also where can they listen to like we called it the beyonce of wedding planning or the wedding (laughs) podcast (laughs) well uh we the name is the big wedding planning podcast all those words including the word the big wedding planning podcast and Mm -hmm. that is our instagram handle as well that's kind of where i live online i don't i wouldn't even like that's where all my wedding planning focus is Mm -hmm. michelle has a website herself that it with her planning company is very dynamic site, a new updated site. But for me, it's more <laughs> of the all podcasts now. Yes. I, as a wedding planner, my website is allureconsulting.com. And that's also my Instagram handle, although I don't pay enough attention to my Instagram as I should. However, I do think it looks good for what I do. Uh, but the website is, is the tell all allureconsulting.com. And our Instagram, the Big Wedding Planning Podcast, is mostly uh, mostly Christy. Like she, 
works very hard at that. And she does a good <laughs> job. Very Thanks. good. And I appreciate her. Ladies, thank you so much for having us. We appreciate you. This has been so fun. And thank you for being on our podcast as well. That was awesome. Thank you so much for allowing us to come on and for coming on our show. And hopefully this is not the first or last or yes, the first or last last time time for Mm -hmm. the last time. Thank you for, I think it's the first, but maybe not. It's definitely the first. Yeah. (laughs) Tania, where can people find us real quick? QID.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Yep. (laughs) All right. Good night. night. Y'all have a great night. Talk soon. Bye.